Welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, we're back, at least for a little while. <laughs> yeah, let's see if we do another two right. more, though. <laughs> exactly. And and the reason why, and hopefully this won't happen again, but, you know, realistically, yeah. you and I work opposite schedules now. Well, we work mainly through the week. Um, I work primarily, you know, early in the day. Yeah. And you, uh, you work various days and uh, often through evenings most of my work schedule and honestly uh, i'm retail adjacent yep. i'm a delivery uh, person for one of the retail stores out here and it is my hours are sunday through tuesday and then i also work thursdays and it's crazy hours i start at seven o'clock in the morning and i go until i'm done so sometimes i can get off at three o'clock in the afternoon or right. get off at like eight o'clock at night so <laughs> It just I imagine, depends. I imagine after the the main holiday rush season, that'll slow down. But yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, well, we're hoping to come back with the, with more episodes. Come back a little bit stronger. We may the, even do like some bulk recording if possible, if we yeah. get a chance, especially um, because of holiday season right now. We still have more wiggle room than we normally would. Yep. So, so our regular podcast uh, release will probably be like once a week, one episode. But if you happen to watch us live, you might see you know something. Like a couple a episodes weeks. record, yeah. yeah. Two weeks ahead. So, but that's I think that's fine personally. And it but, wasn't just that. I'm gonna yeah. uh, go ahead and let it, people know I had a death in the family too. Yeah. So that I've been dealing with a lot of that issues as well. The right. on the back end, so I just didn't have time to record. Yeah, and then so longtime viewers of the podcast know it's like that's. What happens to one Daniel tends to happen to <laughs> the other Daniel, Daniel, yeah. And so we, we take it in stride, but this is a this is why we have this podcast and keep things rolling. And uh, th- this is an interesting episode because I realized that when we were talking about this, we we're like we're, we want to reflect on the year. We want to talk about our anticipated games, what we've played, and also specifically our gaming goals. Yeah, but those were filmed like two or three months apart. <laughs> yeah, they were. So here, here's an interesting note that what we tried to do last year, because we were also celebrating our first year anniversary as being a podcast. So we did our gaming goals in January of uh, 2021 this year. And then we're like, you know what, let's hold off on doing our most anticipated games until we see Gamma, because that's usually when a lot of stuff gets announced. Come to find out. No, not anymore. They just announce it, sprinkle it across throughout the years. Right. They'll just say, hey, this is coming out at this time, or you can check this out at Gen Con. Right. And so we're going to revisit that as well. Mind you, that that came out in, I want to say, March. Yes. So we're only revisiting it eight months after the fact. Right, exactly. So, like, you know, realistically, even though we were anticipating these games, some of them just might not have hit the shelves yet, which we'll talk about. Yeah. But, but more so... Uh, and but we're talking about the games for the next episode we're yeah, gonna end up recording exactly but and we'll probably wait till like around March anyway to film our net tw- anticipated games in 2022 we'll we'll discuss yeah. that because we don't know how gamma's gonna work this year right exactly it should be in person but we'll find out we don't yeah. know everything's still kind of up in the air but yeah exactly as far as this episode goes we do have a year uh that we've that since we filmed this roughly. yeah it's probably just a few weeks away from a year because i think we filmed this like one of the first episodes we filmed in january exactly so this is gonna be a good episode so what we did uh early in 2021 we made our gaming goals it was kind of like our new year's resolution for gaming and the whole premise of it is we wanted to find out uh what goals we could set for ourselves which ones we've succeeded on 
and which ones we have uh, not. We have not. And we're <laughs> talk about why we either did or didn't. And uh, this is going to be interesting. I had completely forgotten about all of these. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. I forgot about all of them. You forgot your gaming goals, huh? I forgot all of my gaming goals. And it will be very apparent when I talk about whether I succeeded or failed. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it's it, it's been a good list and it was fun to reflect on it. But now I realize how, how poorly I've done. Yeah, I don't think I've done very well. Mind you, this has been a weird year. Like, we came into 2021 with, like, a lot of hope. Oh, the vaccines are starting to roll out. We're yeah. going to start being able to get together. We started getting together, playing Absolutely. games. We yeah. started recording in person. Really yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so we've met some stuff and goals, but then things started getting crazy. You had the Delta variant. You have the Omicron going on through right now. Right. I w- went on vacation. You've gone on a, co- a vacation as well yep. earlier in the year. Yep. Uh, then I had a death in the family. So yeah, it just... Sure. It just, everything started piling on. And I don't know what is it about us in this podcast that we do so well going into the year and then like October, November comes around and it just dies. Well, I mean, you're making it sound like like we've completely given up hope. Which we have. <laughs> no, we haven't. But there has been some wiggle room. And it was the same last year too, right? Yeah, you know, it was around like, the same time last year we yeah. took a, uh, an extended break. Mind you, it was because a combination for you is like a job in... Uh, yeah. Your your family issue as well. Right, exactly. So I think we'll just, for 2022, let's just plan to have a two-month break. Around, the, around, <laughs> around October, year. November, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll just figure that's going to be a break no matter what. Um, and then we'll just take it in stride. We'll try and get like some episodes pre-filmed, like maybe summer. So we're going to have like, winter-based <laughs> episodes like... because of it. Well, that's what we ended up doing this summer. We recorded our top 100 of all time, right. and that basically took up our entire August and September. Right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, just to let everybody know, um, we're back. It's been about a two-month hiatus. Uh, it is, what, like December. three days till Christmas? Yeah. Uh, so for those who celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. Who Those who celebrate Hanukkah that I think just recently passed, I uh, hope you had a good Hanukkah. And just anybody who celebrates holidays in general around this time, just happy holidays. Happy holidays, absolutely. And thank you for listening to our podcast, and we want to support you, so happy holidays. Thank you so much. Yeah. And we look forward to New Year, too. Like, let's put... I mean, 2020 was a garbage dumpster fire, but 2021, slightly less so? Yeah, I got more gaming in, uh, but... Yeah, it's... 2021 sucked. 2021 ending is... Uh, not doing too well for me, but the vacation was nice. I even got this like handy dandy little lightsaber over here. Oh, the, let me do my show and tell. Oh, yeah, do the show and tell. Let's let's do this. Oh, that's I haven't seen this yet. Yeah, that's pretty nifty. And of the course, up makes noise. So. Red blade. You can't really see it on the screen, but yeah, that's cool. That turned out really nice. I'm glad you got that. Uh, now you have no, another implement of. Beating me with it. Yep, within reach. Yet another. <laughs> you know what? I'm not glad you bought me. <laughs> so my my thing is I'm probably gonna put it on this wall right over here. I'm gonna mount it on there. You should mount it really well. <laughs> Just in case. You know, you don't want it falling or anything. Uh, yeah. Sure. But other than that, um 
uh, last time we talked, I like I said, I was going on vacation. So the vacation went really great. I had a fun time. We yeah. were in Orlando right when like their surge was going down. So yeah, right. it was, and then we come home where we live in New Mexico and our surge was going up. It's just like, what? Yeah. Like what's going on here? But all in all, it was a nice vacation. Um, what have you been doing for the last two months? Oh, for the last two months. So I had recently got a new job. I think we talked about that in the podcast. But that's been going swimmingly. Um, playing more games, you know, we're we're hitting more. Uh, we're doing live demos again back at the shop that I work at. And um, what makes that great is uh, two weeks ago we even had twenty one gamers. Which that's is nice, huge. You know, yeah. For a while there, we we would hit like big numbers, and then twenty twenty happened, and they couldn't do anything. Right. So the exactly. fact that it's growing again, it's right. that's kind of nice. Exactly. It's a good feeling, and we have brand new gamers. A lot of new people who have been like. Wow, I never even knew you did gaming, and now we're starting that whole new generation thing going, and they're all really great. What, what's great interesting people. about this is I went through our old video this way I can remember where our numbers are, and we were talking about that on the yes. fact that you started my gaming group that I plan to play games with. We broke off from the the store and started our own gaming group. Yeah. Then you had another ones come in. They broke off. It yeah. did their own thing, and now you're seeing another one, another oh, yeah. cycle startup. This is this is probably like the fifth or sixth cycle. I know I change that number every time, but it's it's true. I call it a generational thing because yeah. like different groups will come in. They'll meld well with others, and then they they'll become friends and the. And I even referenced this in the previous podcast when reviewing it. Like, people have gotten married because of this yeah. game night, you know? Like, I've had no fewer than probably two or three marriages, like, from the gamers in our group. And the thing is, this branched off uh, our friendship. We started this podcast. That's right. Uh, we have a friend over on TikTok who's doing very well, the Game Head Geek. Again, he was part of this group as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let me check that out real quick. I will definitely take care of that. Thank you for the heads up. Uh, Mario Fanatic uh, XV said I'm coming a little quiet, but I'll do that. I'll move in a little closer, too, just in case. Tie-dye Danny. That's my name for now. Tie-dye Danny, and I'm Narwhal Danny. Awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) I've been called much worse in my day. Oh, yeah. I'm a sea unicorn. (laughs) And I am not. So... (laughs) I think it's time for us to get into this. Uh, uh, sounds good. Do you got topic. the coin of doom? Well, we can. But first, I have a question for you, Daniel. Oh, yeah. What's that? First one in a break. Wow. We're, we're what? terrible actors. <laughs> what have you been playing lately? Okay. So I've got four games listed here. And one of them is actually going to be for the next episode that uh, I might talk about in the next episode. Okay. But the first game I want to talk about is I've been playing... Pandemic season two, and we're on our third game now because we did the intro, then we did game one and game two, so we're going into March when we next play. And I'm enjoying it. Um, me and uh, my friend, this is uh, I'm playing with the game head geek that I mentioned earlier. That um, we were talking about it like the original pandemic, we really enjoyed pandemic Se- legacy season zero. But after a while, when you're already done with, like, February, March, and you get, like, that big surprise uh, that happens, mm-hmm. so you get into, like, the middle months, that's your big surprise, and yet you're still playing Pandemic. Nothing's really changing other than you're still fighting diseases right. and stuff that's going on. Whereas this one, it feels a little different. We're still playing the mechanisms of Pandemics, but you get to explore, you're getting yeah, to do other stuff, map. expand yeah. the map. And we're really, really intrigued by that. Mind you, again, we've only played two months in the intro, so 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's there. Great game, having a good time with it. I'm sad it's taking me this long to actually start it, but I'm actually enjoying it too. We're, we've made a rule that if it, if we play it, we're only playing one game. This way, that's not the only thing we're playing that night. Right. And so it's coming in good because we're we anticipate it. We're going. We're enjoying it. I've actually left it over at his house now. This way, when we get there, we just play it, and then we play other games. But yeah, pandemic season, uh, pandemic legacy season two. I'm really, really enjoying it. But my God, is it a lot more tough than the the original? It is. It can be. I imagine. <laughs> I'm sure they accounted for the player count, and I played all three of them four player only. I am curious to see like once you get farther in, uh, how it affects two players only because I haven't seen. Yeah, because I played the original one four player. Yeah, and I'm playing this one two player. And I don't, I don't know. It just, it seems tougher. Yeah, yeah, I definitely believe that. Absolutely. Well, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to you telling us more about it. Of course, not spoilers, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I, it's so anticipating because we just finished already season zero a number yeah. of months ago, and so it's always fun to watch like the gamers go through that experience. Like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember when this happened. So, oh no, just <laughs> you wait. Yeah. Um, hey. Coincidentally, I'm, and this is not spoilery at all, um, but because of Pandemic Legacy Season uh, 2, I believe, I have found a new favorite soda. Anyway, so, and yes, it technically has to do with the game, but, you know. You're so weird. Gonna, yeah, it, we'll just go with it. Uh, the first game I've been playing, it, I have a lot that I've been playing, but there was a really strange game that I that I played not too long ago. It was called uh, Echoes the Dancer, and I was really excited to buy it. I bought it on a Black Friday deal, and a friend of mine who we do a lot of escape rooms with, yeah, we yeah, ended up yeah. playing that with him, and uh, it was oh, him and you, I. You can even say it. He's been on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah our friend Jim. Um, him and I played it, and so what this game does, it gives you basically six tiles that are just pictures, and... 18 cards. You have nine cards that come out on the first half. The other nine come out on the second half. And each of these tiles is the beginning of a chapter, which will consist of one tile and then three other parts. And you scan the cards like you would in uh, The Alchemists. You remember how, like, the shape of, like, the item? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it detects it almost like a QR code, but it's, it's not. So you scan the card, and it will play, like, part of an audio performance. Like, and it's telling you this long story. And so, basically, the premise, without spoiling too much, is that uh, you need... The, there's this person who moves into a house, and they feel like it's very haunted. They find out that um, there there was a woman who used to live there, or who, who died there, or whatever. And you gather all the belongings uh, okay. that you can find from this. And when you scan them, they give you their echoes, which is kind of like a vision of the past. And that's why you can only hear it. You can't see anything or anything. It's by uh, Matthew Dunstan. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so, like, at first I was like, okay, that sounds cool. And then Matthew Dunstan, okay, go on. Because he's really <laughs> good about thematic stuff. Yeah. And um, that's why the adventure games are so fun with between him and Phil Walker. Hardy, oh, yeah. You know? And so the story is interesting because it doesn't blatantly tell you what it is. And that's on purpose. It plays a fraction of the audio. And you have to figure out, based on the background noises or based on what's happening, where everything fits. And once you think you know one of the chapters and the three parts, you scan them in, 
they'll tell you if you're correct or if they're out of order or incorrect. And once you've figured out all six chapters, you put it in sequence and then it'll play this like audio movie for you. Yeah. The sound is really well done. It almost sounds like that that game you like to play around Halloween, but not as uh, yeah. obscene. Right, yeah. Uh, atmosphere or Nightmare is the, is the game that he's talking about. Did they just kickstart that? They did a kickstarter for Atmosphere, yes. And it got good money. The only thing is, other than it being digital and not on a DVD or VHS, it's the exact same game. And I already have it, so yeah. I wanted to back it, but I, I was like, ah, I don't need a digital version of. All right, just the same send game. them like five dollars. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I I thought about it. Although a, a friend of mine who introduced me to this, um, who lives up in northern New Mexico now, yeah, I showed him this, and he backed it, hundred percent. Nice. So, yeah, but no, Echoes is really fascinating. It's a one-time play, but it's only like ten dollars. It's not expensive. It comes in a small little box, so it looks like a card box. And I've already demoed it once at the comic shop, and everybody who's played it is just like, wow, this is different. Like, nice. It's, it's not much of a game. It's more of just an experience, but it's a really neat experience. Sounds like something I'm going to have to try out. Yeah, I'll lend you it. All right, cool. So my next game that I played is actually a spoiler alert. It was on my most anticipated games of 2021. Did you play it for this list? No, I actually oh, okay. didn't even think we we only decided on this like a couple nights ago, <laughs> and I played it last week. And this is one that I've had for a while, or I picked up on a sale, got it in, just never got to play it because I was dealing with a lot of stuff. But I finally got it to the table, and my god, do I love this game! Let me can I take a guess at it? Go ahead. Because I have our I have our list of the most anticipated games, so. Oh, that's tricky. Um, Roleplayer Adventures? No. Then I don't know. The Loop from Pandasaurus Games. Yeah, it is. I like it. It's a good good co-op. It's it's actually just simple card play. You're, You're only allowed to play pretty much three cards. You just follow whatever they're doing. And you're trying to fight Dr. Foe before he sends up the rifts. We ended up losing because he got like, because um, it's like a little cube tower and it got five rifts into a spot that already had a rift. And so we ended up losing. But it plays so well. Again, I only played at two players. I want to see what it feels like at four players. I think it's going to get a lot tighter and a lot more going on. Mm-hmm. But my word was it amazing. And it's a basic co-op you do some stuff bad things happen move on to the next player right. or in this case the bad things happen in the beginning of the game so do some bad things do some good things yeah. for the best yeah and it's it's intriguing because uh, you can move certain ways you can go back you can go forward but again time's on a loop so you're fighting clones of him as well as uh, some of the stuff that he's throwing out there and you want to make sure you get the rifts and you have to meet a certain amount of goals so one of them was like, hey, close uh, four rifts in Dr. Foe's um, area. And so with the cube tower, wherever the middle uh, slide is for the cubes, mm-hmm. that's where Dr. Foe is. So you have to go and get to him and close his rift there. Mm-hmm. This way it could be one of your goals because you have to do, I think it's like four times. Gotcha. And then okay. there's, a, there's a couple other goals that were pretty intrigued that we had to leave energy into one location, which was like the dawn of time. And we had to do it that six times, leave six energy cubes in there for that right. to be met. And so there's just little minor goals that you're doing. You're playing cards as you're going, fighting his clones, picking up artifacts. It's 
in essence, a deck builder because you're picking up an artifact for you to play on your next turn. Because what you do is you pick it up and you put it on top of your deck, and then that comes the three cards you get to play on your deck. But other players okay. can actually play your cards as well. So when their turn is over, everybody who's lost cards by because the other player played them, they get to draw back up to three. So on your turn, you have three cards you can play. But then there's a cool little mechanism that even if you played those three cards, you can spend an energy cube in a location you're at to do a time loop. And there's three symbols that you could choose. So if three, all three of your cards have a matching symbol, you get to reset all of those. But you could do it more than once, however it costs more. So if you do one loop, it only costs you one energy cube. But if you're going to do a second loop, it's going to cost you two energy cubes and a third loop and so forth. So it's just going to compound gotcha. in payment. Yeah. But, man, I enjoyed it. It's great design. Um, beautiful game. Well produced. I, I'm i enamored with this one. I want to play it again. That's cool. Very cool. Wow. So, yeah, the loop. Uh, we'll talk about that more a little bit in, in anticipation. Yep. My next game that I've been playing, actually, you played it with me. And it was an auction game that I was absolutely garbage at, but it, we had, I think, a lot of fun with it. I knew this was going to be on your list. That's why I didn't put it on mine. Yeah. It, it's called Pappy Winchester. It's a game that really flew under the radar. It was a blue-orange game that came out, I think, 2019. And uh, decent components, you know, good good auction game. Basically, you flip over one of the, like, 19 lots or something, 18 lots. And then you auction it yeah, off. Auction it off, and everybody has a chance to get money. There's a lot of variability on it. Like and then your your specific in-game goals, too, yep. determine if you're going to bid on that lot. That's right, exactly. So everybody has, like, their in-game goals. Then there's public goals that actually change value. Whoever completes it first gets to the money for it. I like the um, mines. The mines were fun, and then there was the farmland that was interesting, and then the bank like all the money stays in the game. So yeah. If if I have to pay you a certain amount of money, or, or if I I pay everybody, I found I that very bid. intriguing. Yeah. yeah, I you play out you pay out all the other players who evenly. Bid. Yeah, evenly as possible. Any remainder go to the bank, and there's tokens on the board where you get the just the bank's money. Mm-hmm. The saloon, um, yeah, it, saloon, yeah. There's and then there's some tokens that let you move the boat or the or the ship or the, the boat train. Or the train. And anytime those land adjacent to something, anybody who has those lots automatically get a thousand dollars. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Like, <laughs> it was a really good game. You know, I'm not a huge, huge fan of auction games, but I'm glad right. we played this one. I, I, this one, I was really happy to play yeah. this one. <laughs> This is now my new favorite. Yeah, they could have done better with the paper money. Because yeah. you look at something like Raccoon Tycoon and they have their paper money that's like sure. really like kind of rubbery almost. Yeah, uh, it's kind of rubbery. And this like a wasn't texture. Bad. No, no, like, it wasn't bad. Considering it, it wasn't It was bad. actually thick cut, so. Yeah. Yeah, it it wasn't bad. At it's all. not it like we're talking money. monopoly money. <laughs> right. No, it's not like cheap like photocopy paper <laughs> but it, it was better than not and the bills are like huge yeah like that, they're satisfying to hold because you have these massive bills i it was interesting like it's up there as one of my favorite auction games now just because of how how, how simple it is too it's how simple it's a very simple auction but it's just the fact that every lot works differently in different ways and everybody has their that that's what makes it so great is that everybody has their own motives and endgame goals, which change it up where everybody has their own incentives. Yeah. 
It's a smart game. If you see it, I think it's at like a lot of like uh, surplus stores. And yeah, stuff. like Tuesday I, mornings I or at a, tu- at a Tuesday morning, but like Ross Marshall stuff like that. If you see it, you should get it. There's it's a really really solid. Uh, some place on the East Coast that I see post about it, it's like used books or cheap books mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. A lot of people find them there, there. So yeah, absolutely. I I can't recommend this enough. Pappy Winchester was so fun. All right, moving on to my next game that I played, and this is one that has actually made me a fan of the series. Now, I played another version of it, and I played one scenario of it, and that's because when I was dealing with, um, and I'll just say it, but the death of my father is what who it was, a buddy took me out to dinner, and he's like, hey, let's just try this, take your mind off things, let's play this game. This is not the game that's going to be on my list, but I want to talk about the series of games that this is, and it's called The Coded Chronicles by The Op. And the one I'm talking about is The Shining that we played, and I really enjoyed it. I'm like, okay, good, because I bought Scooby-Doo, and I want to see how that goes. Busted out over at friend's house a couple weeks ago. The Scooby-Doo one. The Scooby-Doo one. And this is the one I'm going to talk about. It's Scooby-Doo Escape from Haunted Mansion, the Coded Chronicle series. And my God, I love this game. Yeah. I really do. It's probably one of my surprises of 2021 and probably one of the favorite games I've played this year in 2021. And yeah. it wasn't even on my anticipated list. I'm like, I, I was a big fan of Scooby-Doo as a kid. I really, really enjoyed Scooby-Doo growing up. And being able to try this out and be like, okay, and had a great time playing with my friends. Um, I love the aspect of it. You're just reading from a book. You're using the character's special abilities, which they start with a number. And then at a location, if it has three numbers, you can read something out of the book. Right. There's By adding their number to the beginning. The beginning of it, of it yeah. So, so if you're using their ability number so one. If it's, yeah, it's like Scooby is two, it's two, 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 five or something like yeah. that. And you add it, you read something out of the book. Sometimes it helps you, sometimes it doesn't. Um, it plays over three scenarios. Mind you, it's one of the things that you can't really replay there's not a real replayability on it but it's so good it's very well done had an amazing time playing this one and yes we played all three scenarios on it and it was just it never slowed down it had a great pace we did a great time with it we succeeded so had a great yeah it was it was amazing i really really enjoyed this one to the point where I want to finish the Shining one. I do want to play, uh, they most recently have the Goonies out. And so I want to keep playing with these series because I like what they're doing. It's yeah. an interesting take on like an escape room style. Right. Story it's, it's driven. Story driven. Yeah. yeah. So I really, really enjoy this, uh, this series. And I like the fact that they're putting IPs on them that I enjoy. So I yes. like the Shining. You I like, like all three of yeah, right. I like the Shining. I, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Um, and then I also, but, this one is actually the Shining one is based off the movie, not the book. Just I want right. to make sure everybody understands that it's based off the movie, not the book. Yeah. And then the Goonies one looks really good that um, I want to try out. But yeah, so my game was Scooby Doo Escape from Haunted Mansion, a Coded Chronicles game. Amazing. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, and that yeah, good pick. Um, because I played the entire way through the Shining. The only thing I'm going to give you, and this isn't a spoiler, uh, but I will say, make sure you have plenty of time for the second half of the Shining. It, it took uh, me and my mutual friend Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, it took us probably about five hours. Yeah, so it's it's a long. Now, granted, we were tired, but still, like yeah. you, you know him and I, we were big escape room fanatics. We like oh, the yeah. style. It's just it it just took us a long time, which is unfortunate. Uh, my number three 
And I feel bad that I'm bringing this up because I had every intent for you to play it. Every intent. And we ended up playing it Liar. with our with Gamehead Geeks and our friend Dom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a Feld. I couldn't make it to yep. the... Yeah, and, and I'm sorry because I really think you'll dig it. And I will bring it over, I promise, and we'll play it because it's awesome. It's not as mean as it seems. It's Luna by Stefan Feld. Wait. No, okay, I'm thinking of Bonfire is the one I'm thinking of that I have played. Right, you play Bonfire. Yeah. Yes. Um, Luna, it actually takes some from Bonfire. It's kind of the same style, but it's, it's a very different game. It's almost worker placement, but the workers always stay in their spots. And part of the game is moving the workers to the right spots. And so basically you're trying to complete uh, some of the goals, trying to send people into the cathedral or whatever is in the middle, I forget what it is, and um, and to spread their influence. But while you're also going amongst these islands, um, I guess you guys are kind of like moon worshippers or something like that. Well, uh, Luna. doesn't matter. Yeah, the theme doesn't matter. Yeah, speaking of but, which, she's probably at her door hearing me <laughs> call her day. But no, what makes it so interesting is that you you have a certain number of workers there uh, on each of the islands, and you can you could do up to fourteen different actions, which is a little overbearing at first, but a lot of it's actually really simple. But basically, you you take them and set them next to the island to represent that you've used them. So that's your worker placement in a way, but you remove them from the island, and uh, you take the action. So if you have two on a single island, you can make a third one. Uh, by recruiting somebody in your next next round, there'll be three on that island. You can also move some from one spot to another. Or if you have two of them, you can take the action tile from the island, which there's seven different action tiles and different abilities go on top of that. So okay. like one might you might build a sanctuary, which is worth four points at the end, but it also counts as a worker as you're using it. So we need one worker. Um, another one might be either sailing or like a tidal wave. That moves workers around efficiently. Um, <clears throat> there's also this one dude who gives negative victory points to anybody who's on the island. Negative one point per person. And so laying down some of your workers there can push them clockwise a number of spaces onto potentially other players' islands. So you, you get the idea. There's a lot, of, a lot of opportunities. It's not that complex. It's probably middle road for him. It's no more complex than, say, uh, Castles of Burgundy. Okay. But the fact that you have so many options to do, it's up there. It, I, I'm going to have a really hard time ranking his games in the future because I absolutely loved this game. It was really, really fun. I'm glad I got to play it. It's just a shame that now Tasty Minstrel Games, who publishes it here in North America... They're 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 disbanding. They you know they're closing up. So they're not really closing up, but they're just basically going to be a dice company for the right. t- for the time being. I'm hoping they'll be able to have a rebound. Right. But honestly, who yeah. knows? Who knows? Yeah, I, and that's that's sad. That's sad to me because those are, that is one of my favorite publishers. It has been for a long time. So they have some good games, but they also. Had some hit or some misses right. as well. Well, like Dungeon Roll was one of my favorite games for the longest time. I don't know what that's going to do. Because yeah, they're but their reprint of Colosseum was just... I didn't like the artwork on that one. Yeah. Mind you, I didn't care much for the game either. Yeah, I didn't care for the game either. But, I mean, I've, there's been a lot of games that they've made. Uh, Eminent Domain. 
Uh, I do Crusaders. like Imminent Domain. Like, they're smaller games, other than Crusaders. I haven't tried that one. I really enjoyed, like, you, mm. what was the first one? Dungeon, Dungeon Roll, Roll. Yeah. Um, and Eminent the, Domain. Yeah. This town isn't big enough for the two to four of us. No, I haven't played that one. But uh, but then, I, uh, what is it? Uh, Belfour, I think is what it is. Yeah. It's that worker placement. It's an okay game. I haven't played it yet. It's... So. Uh, I played it twice. I played it once at Dice Tower tw- uh, West 2019, and then again when my buddy got his copy. And you, I didn't think you were there at that one. Uh, it was because it was me, so. our, our mutual friend Dom, and Gamehead Geek. And even then, I like it, but it's not something I would have to pick up. And it's usually the bigger box Tasty Minstrel games that just fall flat with me yeah. for some reason. I don't know why, but they're smaller games. I adore uh, Dungeon Roll um, or yeah. Eminent Domain is probably one of my favorite deck builders. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so smart with that. But then again, I mean, both that and Crusaders are Seth Jaffe. So yeah, he was. I think he he was involved with Tasty Minstrel Games. I don't know if he was a developer, or designer, uh, development, whatever. Um, but yeah, he he was involved with them, and it, it's a shame. You know, sad to see it go. But at the same time. Luna was awesome. That's good and, and to hear. It was well, from Europe under Hall Games, so yeah. I'm sure they'll find a way to... And I could probably find a copy it. of Luna out in the wild if I need to. Sure. Uh, yeah. I do want to pick up a copy because I collect all the felds. You can see them yeah. kind of right there. Or who knows, they might even reprint it. Yeah, like, and, and there's another city. thing. Is it come out with a, a reprint and maybe a city re-implementation? Right. I doubt it. Because uh, I think they have the six games that they decided on. Uh, I know two of the six games are going to be new. And so the most yeah. recent one, Marrakesh, uh, the most recent Kickstarter is one of them. So yeah. that means they only have two left, and one of them is going to be a brand new game. Right. So. Right. And then who knows where it goes from there. Yeah. Mind you, we still haven't got them yet. Right. Exactly. We're still waiting, which uh, we'll talk about later. Later. Yeah. And so for my last game that I played, and I want to make mention of it, you're talking about your favorite uh, game companies. This one comes from one of my game, favorite game companies, uh, Stonemaier Games. Oh, this course. one is yeah. Rolling Realms. And I have to say for a, a rolling, um, a, what is it, a rolling right? Yep. I really enjoy this one, but it comes with a caveat. If you're a fan of Stonemaier Games and you've played their library, yeah. this game is going to be amazing to you is, because yeah. it... This is fan service. That's yeah, fun. it... Well, then again, he made it for a print and play Yeah, just for during the pandemic to have a good time. I like the little Easter eggs from his, like, how each of the different cards work towards the game it's based on. Wingspan or... Yeah. Um, what is it? Viticulture. Cities, Between Viticulture. Two Cities. I really, really enjoy Between Two Cities card, and I'll get to that in a minute. But it is... A great little rolling right. If you're not a fan of Stonemaier games, you may still like this game. If you've never played a Stonemaier game, you may like this game. But it doesn't change anything in the, the rolling right realm. In fact, if you're a fan of Stonemaier games, you'll enjoy it just because of the intrigue that it does. Like, okay, this makes sense because you do something like this in Scythe or Between Two Cities or Between Two Castles and so forth. I do like the how big and obnoxious those damn dice are. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are, they are some chunky dice. dice. I do enjoy it. I like the tree, and uh, I'm going back to the cards. Uh, so when I mentioned the fact that they make um, reference to the way the games play, I like the way the Between Two City cards is you want to fill it up, even though putting numbers in the card is only going to give you resources. It's it. However, you want to keep putting numbers in there because you're going to take the lowest score of the other two cards that you've filled in 
Unless you don't have, uh, unless you, but you have to make sure you have the numbers in it. So if you get four stars on one card and six stars on another card, your score is going to be four. But you got to make sure you have four numbers in between two castles card or between yeah. two cities card. I really thought that was a smart way to do it. it it's a trick just to get yeah. that tie in from between two cities. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the way Euphoria works. I kind of like the way the Scythe works. I really enjoy Wingspans where you're trying to fill in the number and you're trying to get that because you can only get up to a uh, three stars if you fill in all the numbers. But if you match what the wingspan number is, where seven, I think it's seven, ten, and twelve, you get a bonus star. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I like the way that works. And so I really do dig this one, but it's not going to be for everybody. If you're a fan of Stormire games, I say check it out. It's really good. You honestly don't need to buy a physical copy. I think there's still the print and plays on t- online, sure. and Jamie Stegmeyer does live playthroughs of it, so he'll play the game. And if you have your copy or the print and play version, you can still play along with Jamie Stegmeyer while he's doing sure. his lives. Or I know a few people who've done it online. I think Gamehead Geek has done a TikTok live playing Rolling Realms. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to do one of these episodes. Yeah, I doubt it. But- <laughs> we don't do that kind of thing. No, we don't do too many. It, it, there's exceptions to when we do live play. Yeah, and and it's been a while since we've done one just because we're so busy. We, we don't right. have the time we had in 2020. Yeah, exactly. And uh, my last one that I want to talk about is a game from Alexander Pfister. I, play, I finally played some Alexander Pfister games. Well, you've played one. You didn't care much for it. Yes. Which one was that? The Great Western Trail. Great Western Trail, right. Did you play Cloud Age? No. Hmm. Oh, oh my goods. Nope. I wanted to. I own it. I want to. Blackout? No. I own it. Still on my shelf of shame. I don't know which one you played then. Monster Expedition. Oh, that's one. <laughs> From Amigo. It's it's set in the uh, Hold on, before you, Monsters universe. Before you get going. My newest fister. Cloud oh, City. Cloud, Cloud, Cloud Age, yeah. Cloud City is... Uh, no, Walker Harding. Harding. I got two Harding. clouds sitting up on that shelf right there. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, it, Monster Expedition is set in the Carnival of Monsters universe that was originally technically created uh, from a Richard Garfield game. Yeah. Carnival of Monsters. It was yeah. a drafting game. This is more of a... Like, you're trying to... It's more of engine building. You're trying to get different monsters into your camps. You You choose a camp... And that will give you um, a number of black dice, and that will also give you a one one of three color dice, either yellow, green, or blue. Which is personally, I think the they couldn't have done that better in, in the color selection because it's very very clear. Like you you and I have no problem with it. Yeah. And so what happens is you you send up one of your camps, you just out jog it forward, take the dice, roll them. And you're trying to meet a certain number, and all of the monsters that are out have a certain number that you're trying to meet or exceed. If you roll high enough, you can get multiple monsters on a turn. Or you can get monsters that are face down as caged monsters that are worth smaller points, but it's kind of random. But they're also really easy to get. But then each of these monsters have special abilities. Like if you get a certain set of them, you get an extra hunting dice. If you get certain ones of them, you can steal caged monsters from other players. And what make there's a mechanism in it that makes it really fascinating. There's ten monsters that are out there available, mm-hmm. and when somebody takes them, you never replenish it until somebody takes at least one caged monster, 
either from the deck, which is the timer for the game, or steals it from another player, then all all ten spaces get refilled of whatever's missing. So like let's say there's been seven monsters taken since then. All seven get refilled, and that player who refilled it gets to put one of their little claim tokens on every single one of the monsters. And that matters because even though it's face up for everybody to see, yeah. at the end of the game, any of the claim tokens that are still out there become caged animals or caged monsters for whoever has their token on it. <laughs> it's smart. It's a really inventive game. Sounds intriguing. It, it's, it, was, it was a very big surprise. I played a solo version of it at first. I was like, wow, okay, this is cool. Played with my game group. They loved it. We're gonna, this is going to stay in my collection for a long time. It's really intriguing, and it plays fast. It's like a 20-minute game. Yeah, so it's good. So I like Fister games. I've only played one, maybe two. I've only uh, played these two, and so so far, small. I like uh, Great Western Trail. Uh, mind you, I think your issue with it is one, it was late at night. We were tired, and yeah. it's a heavy game to be learning at that late at night. So I think we'll have to try it again with the proper rules. I, I appreciate the streamline of the of Monster Expedition. That's I think the big difference is like. If, if like, David Turksey, like, I like a lot of his ideas. If he ever made, like, a small little card game, it'd probably be phenomenal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> designers that do really well with smaller games, but they also make big games. It's like, dude, like... You Uwe. Gotta... Uwe Rosenberg is, is a decent example. It's like, you know, I like Agricola and Caverna, but at the same time, I rarely get it to the table. Because... And Bonanza is just amazing. Yeah, Bonanza is awesome. And then even a small stuff like Patchwork. Patchwork's good. Uh, yeah. What is that other one? Um... Yeah, he, he's made a lot, though. And, he, and like the smaller it is, kind of the more condensed and more rainy. His, his uh, Roland Wright's really good. Uh, yeah, Patchwork. Patchwork Doodle. Yeah. Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like That's why I ended up buying uh, New York Zoo is because it's a polyomino game from him. <laughs> And that's that's his, that's his most recently fix is uh, polyno- yeah. <laughs> polynomials. Yeah. In fact, his smaller game, Patrick Polynomials. His bigger game, Feast of Odin Polynomial. Right, exactly. So, sorry, but then again, I've also liked his, you know, uh, not Reykjavik, um, Reichholt. Yeah, yeah, the that farming one. But it, it's it's just that same idea. I when when these great designers are restricted into making a smaller game or choose to make a smaller game, yeah. I feel like that's because they had a really inventive mechanism that they want to run with. And they may end up making a smaller game. And then it might be a That's how I feel like ones. with Phil Walker-Harding it too, is like, yeah. he's got some really good bigger games, yeah. but like his smaller game, Archaeology, is still one of our favorite games to play. Right, exactly. Uh, and another one um, that he did, uh, the Adventure Games with Matthew Dunstan. Yeah. Big game for such a small box. Exactly. So... That's what we've been playing lately. Oh boy, that I forgot how long we we rant about these games, but that's good. Yeah, no, yeah, I enjoy talking about games that I played, and it, it's shocking to me that I've actually played quite a few games, and it's only just recently that I've been able to pick it up. Stop hitting your microphone. Sir. <laughs> I'm gonna move it away just, just ever so that, slightly. It's fine. Oh, but I wanted to make mention of this. Uh, another thing I got from um, on our trip on our vacation. It's freaking a Frankenstein monster. That's amazing. Because <laughs> you know how I feel about uh, the monster movies. Right, absolutely. So are you ready to get into our gaming goals revisited? Yeah, and I think it's only appropriate that we bring up the Coin, Coin of Doom. Doom. Because that was the first episode. That, that was the first episode we introduced the Coin of Doom. It was a little shaky, but, you know, we did it. And uh, 
and we've had it ever since, so it's appropriate that we keep this in. Yeah. We're going to talk about uh, last year, at the beginning of the year, we made gaming goals, like kind of like our New Year's resolutions. We each made eight goals, and we want to reflect on them. I'm going to start at number eight, and then we'll go up to number one. Yep. And we'll see if we succeeded uh, or failed at it. And or why, why for other reasons, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Daniel, you're sticking with Tails? Tails never fails. All right. You are starting. All righty. So, my number eight gaming goal was to play 100 new games to me or my app, uh, basically. If it wasn't in the app, I count it. And that is something I haven't met yet. I am 12 games shy uh, for it, and I need nine more. (laughs) I got nine more days to go. So, uh, I would have hit it. A lot sooner. I went on that vacation. We didn't really play a lot of games. A uh, sure. big part of it, too, is also we've been playing a lot of Gloomhaven. Yeah. And having a blast with that, but that's not going to count. But I'm 12 games shy. And I I said at, on that episode, the year before, I hit 75 new games. That's why I upped it to 100. Because my original goal then was 50, hit 75, and now I set it to 100. Right. And I would have met it, but again, I had a lot of stuff going on for the last two months. It just hasn't been easy for me to get stuff to the table, right. or I just go to stuff that I already know, just because I don't want to think too too hard about certain things. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think I could still meet this goal. I have uh, roughly nine more days before the first, and I think I can. I just I need to average one game. Every two days or so, one and a half games every two days, basically to hit it. So, yeah. So my number eight was 100 new games to me, and it's close. It's it's very very close. I think I will succeed on this one, but again, this is kind of like a like a cheaty pick. Like I said, there it's cheaty because I had already started it on the first, but I'm close to succeeding with it. Cool. Yeah. No, you'll get there. I'll make sure. I'll help you. (laughs) If you want. Um, mine mine was, you said yours was kind of a cheating goal. Like yeah. Mine was just blatantly like hopes and aspirations, but I figured it was going to happen. I wanted to get back into gaming. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to start playing games again. And since the beginning of the year, um, you know, I have, I've since been vaccinated. I've gotten my booster. Um, I still haven't got my booster. I'm trying to get it. Most of our game group ha- has fully been vaccinated. And most of the mandates that were in place have been lifted. Um, we are now demoing at the shop again. I'm now showing off some of the games I got during during lockdown and trying to justify owning them now. <laughs> uh, and I have my weekly game group that meet up every time. So it's good. Like, we're, I'm back to gaming and I feel comfortable with that. And I'll pull up my numbers here later, but I, I know I'm back to gaming just because... Uh, of the numbers alone shows that I've been playing more and more games and not having to force my family to do so. Yeah, so I'm just, I just pulled up my numbers because I'm like, you know what? I'm intrigued to see how well I've done. I've played 211 times this year. Comparative uh, to 2020, I played 209 times. So I've already uh, succeeded right. over there. And I played 113 different games this year. Yeah. Mostly Gloomhaven. And <laughs> right. And... Which is the exact copy of games I played last year. <laughs> that's awesome. That, that's great. All right. So on to number seven. You ready? Yep. Hells, Hells never fails. All right. So my number seven gaming goal was to interact more on social media. And 
it, what I don't, I'm considering it not met, not successful. I need to get better about using our Twitter account. I do post pictures when we, when I play games or whatever's going. We do post on Board Game Revolution from when we do have podcasts uh, for them to do. We have one up right now if you want to go vote on it. But I need to get more answering questions in Board Game Revolution. There's another one that I'm a part of now is uh, Board Game Gamers Media or something like that. That you can interact with publishers and other content creators. And I just haven't, especially since I joined that right around October. And then, like I said, all that fallout that just happened. It's just been the last October and November have not been fun months for me. So I'm just, well, end of October was great. Till I got the call. Yeah. But November was a struggle. I didn't get a lot of gaming in. I didn't want to film the podcast because I had a lot of stuff going on. So just put a hiatus on it. We're okay with that. Yeah. And so the interacting on social media, it's probably something I'm going to carry over to next year, try to get better on it because I haven't met it this year. I don't think so. I have done some stuff but i could be better about right. it yeah the beginning of the year we went strong and then yeah then, yeah then 2021 happened yeah. <laughs> yeah could be worse um my number seven was very simple play more gloomhaven i failed i haven't played it yet this year <laughs> oh, wow. as simple as that uh i i had every intent um the our mutual friend jim i think he's willing to play it with me and i just have not have not uh justified it yet and it's just not because I don't want to, um, it just I haven't because I'm I'm still kind of salty that my son just like no four games in about yeah and it's like and that's okay you know and I want to justify owning those two big boxes. Honestly, I think once you get started, you'll really not want to yeah. stop. It's kind of like that that right. I want to keep going. I want to keep going. And like for me, I was sad when we most recently we didn't play another game because I had to go to bed. I had to go to work. Yeah. And I was like, I want to play another game because this is getting good. Right. And things are opening up and we're seeing more and more. And then I get like the post from Frosthaven and he's talking about like he's making it where like if you're playing two player with only two characters, there's a thing he's adding inspiration, which allows you to start opening more boxes because that was the big complaint about Gloomhaven that you at two player, you don't yeah. get a lot of stuff. So. If you think you and your mutual friend, if they play, you guys play together, can do it. I mean, that's what we're doing is play a four player game, but have two players control or have two characters or you control two characters. He controls two characters because I heard that was a big complaint about Gloomhaven because you didn't get to see a lot of the box boxes that opened up and going along. So that's why we're doing a four player game as two players. And it's okay. just because we want to see more content. I paid a hundred specifically Jaws of the Lion or No no no, not Jaws of the Lion. The it, it's the base. Okay. Like if you we we played Jaws of the Lion as four player because we wanted to see how the character synergized. And me and my wife are pros are basically at Gloomhaven. We've played it quite a bit. No, no, no but I'm I just know saying you are. Yeah. so we could handle running two characters and knowing yeah, there's some stuff that you're supposed to be secret, but if you play a character long enough, you're good to, you could be like, hey, I'm gonna go relatively fast. Okay, you're playing your thirteen initiative yeah. card. So Right, exactly. <laughs> now that makes sense. Yeah, but that's just simple as that. Failed miserably haven't played Gloomhaven this entire year. No. Alright. Next yeah. one. Next one. And me again. <laughs> so my number six, I'm gonna say is not a failure. It's not a uh, that I've done well. It's just because I haven't gone out in public and played games. And my right. number six was to be more welcoming 
to the community and help like newer gamers come in. Right. I've only gone in game public once when the shop just started opening. Yeah, and then uh, so Mario Fanatic. Sorry, we pulled yeah, that yeah, real yeah. quick because we want to include him. Mario Fanatic uh, included. I'm doing a solo run with two characters. It's a lot of fun, but I definitely play four players. If it wasn't for the bookkeeping and uh, he does play four play. in digital version. In the digital version, cool. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you as all, and that's why, like, for us with the bookkeeping kind of stuff, it's easy for me and my wife because it's right. two of us. I couldn't do four players if it was just me. Yeah, it'd be too much. Yeah, and so yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. I really enjoy it, but I do recommend Jaws of Lion. Do as you, however you want to play it. Yeah. But if you go into Gloomhaven, I I do recommend if you're just going to do a two player game, try two to run. Each. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. This cool. way you could see more of the stuff that's going in there. That's right. But going back to mine, to be more welcoming, I'm still working on it. Uh, I just again, I haven't been out gaming in public. I'm still wary. For one thing, and two, I can't stay out late on Saturdays because I go back to work Sunday morning. Right. <laughs> so I can't go out and gaming and you know ignore dinner and eat a late dinner at like nine thirty at night because I got to be at work at seven o'clock the next morning. Right. So I haven't met it. I do want to keep doing it. I do try to be welcoming. That's why we I like talking with the chat. If they have people have recommendations, I do want to try to give recommendations. Uh, people who I've met through other friends when they talk about board gaming, I say, okay, here's a game I recommend. One of my coworkers was saying, hey, my son likes board games. What should I? What should you recommend? And both me and Gamehead Geek are like, oh, try this one because it's it's simple enough for someone of his age range to understand. It's family friendly and so forth. Yeah. So we do stuff like that. So I I say I'm doing it, but I could do it more if I went out more. Yeah. Absolutely. That's fair. I No, I think you abide by that. I actually... So, I've implemented something recently into our game nights. Um, I saw a really, really insightful post from Eric Lang. And okay. I think it was, like, taken from his Twitter. Um, or he posted something on Twitter, and then somebody posted it on the, board, on the Board Game Revolution forum on Facebook. Yeah. And I thought it was just really great. And he said, what the... he said, uh, inclusiveness in gaming looks like... And then it's it's two people talking... And it's me and somebody else. Like it says me, you know. Yeah. And it's a dialogue. And then, um, and then so, uh, the the other person's like, oh, so what do you do? What do you like to do? And then me, it's like, oh, well, I I actually design board games. I seen this one. Do, yeah, you saw that. And it's like, oh, you mean like Monopoly? Yeah, kinda. But let and me then, show you yeah. other games like it. Yeah, and then well, he he's put yeah, kinda. It's like wow, like we've had a lot of fun. It's like oh, that's great to hear. And there's a and board games. There's a lot of them now too. Yeah, it's like great. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. It it, it was inviting, but he like the two things that I took from that is one, you were not a snob about Monopoly. Yeah, because that is most likely everybody's experience. You know, don't get me and wrong. Then, I don't like Monopoly, but I'm like if that's someone's favorite game, that's yeah. their favorite game. Yeah, yeah. Who? Why should we mind if anybody enjoyed? playing a board game like that's awesome this makes me think of uh, rodney smith from watch it played one uh-huh. of his favorite thing is why yuck someone else's yum yeah exactly like exactly if they're having fun why should we stop it right yeah and so and then my second takeaway from it was that uh eric Lang wasn't like pushy about it yeah it was like oh well like if you like i, I don't even like the like the if you like this game let me tell you uh, let me show you more games that are so, yeah he was like yeah he's like yeah kind of 
and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in now. There's a there's a bunch of board games now. What? And then he waited for the other person. Oh well, tell me more about it. Yeah. Then I'll tell you more. What I like about it too is like uh, you can ask questions too about that. You could be say, hey, okay, you like Monopoly. What what is it that you like a Monopoly? Yeah. Okay, you like the rolling right or the the rolling mechanism. Let me see if I can find something that yeah. you would enjoy that isn't just Monopoly. This way, you can try new things. You always like dice. Yeah. yeah, or you like the auctioning part of Monopoly. Well, here, let's try Pappy Winchester because yeah. it's a it's a cool little auction game or yeah. for sale. Right. You like wheeling and dealing? You'll probably like a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's it it's I I love that. And shout out to Eric Lang. That was a brilliant post, and I I think it's a perfect example of it. And I'm trying to do that and. Because the the last thing I want to do is be pushy on somebody when they come to the game night is like they can obviously tell that I'm passionate about it. Yeah. But if they don't know anything about it, I'm not about to isolate them by going, Oh well let me tell you about these forty games that I hold that I really like. No, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's like if you wanna ask, then you'll ask me, you know, yeah. I'm curious. But I will give you that sense that we're inviting. So I think you're I think I completely agree that you are following that. Um my number six, six, yeah, was my. It was a self-serving goal. Absolutely, I was trying to get another game signed. Um, there's been no meetings, no conventions. I haven't gotten any of those, so I just haven't. Um, there is talks about possibly getting more stuff printed, but we'll see. Uh, but so right now, technically, it's a fail. But I'll take it. That's fine. I have that does not stop me from designing more games. But I've been really trying to focus on refining them, too. Like, I really... Instead of quantity, yeah. I'm really trying... Quite too. Lately. Lately? Well, yeah. I've been busy. Right. Exactly. It's like, again, we talk about it. We, we don't have days off at the same time right. anymore. But I, I've been really trying to take inspiration from a lot of design and really try and, like, uh, make it clean and... and so, basically, and, and uh, your biggest gripe for Alexander Fister, you're trying to fix for yourself. I so streamlining goal. I I had a game recently that I've been working on. Um, that my goal was if if I were Phil Walker Harding, how would I design this concept? And that was my goal. It's like I want to make it as streamlined as possible. It's like, and I'm I'm trying to strip it back with as much as I can, you know. And and that's my ultimate goal. Is like, is this something that like he would design? Because I I love his design. Yeah. And what about it? I like about it is how streamlined it is and how simple and straightforward it is. So that's my goal with this game is to try and make something that would resemble that. Yeah. Not to copy him, of course, but you know what I mean. Yeah, because um, you're a copycat. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> inspired, inspired, <laughs> inspired by. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was my number six, and unfortunately, that hasn't happened yet. But hey. There's still more years. Moving on to number five. And now I'll be starting for once. Yep. All right, number five. Um, there was a, a game that we was hoping 2021 still, unfortunately, did not have enough progress, but we're still in the works. I wanted to get one of my games that, that has been signed, published. Um, I'm, I actually talked to the publisher today. Uh, everything's still trudging along, but and we're so getting there. We're I do have play. to ask this, and it's going to be as vague as possible. Are you talking about the smaller game or the bigger game? You asked me that exact same question <laughs> on the previous podcast. It's the smaller game. Okay. Yes. Uh, the smaller game, we are almost there. Okay. Um, in fact, the development on the bigger game is also going Almost there, yeah. Well. Yeah, almost there. In fact, I, I will like to pick your brain later about it. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about it. And it's funny, because... I've play tested both those games, and I remember on that on this podcast is what which one I was asking because I yeah. even told you I'll pick up a copy, but I don't know if I'll ever play it because I played so much play so testing much on it. Right. 
<laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, the the smaller one, it's been so long since yeah. we played it, so maybe... No, I just recently played it because you were asking questions about um, certain cards. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, maybe. I don't remember. But... All right, so my number five is the one that you're going to give me a lot of crap about. Yes. And and this is just because it recently just happened. So I put a caveat yeah, on this list right here yeah. as to learn to judge games less um, and try them. And I did mention social deduction. I still can't stand social deduction. Right. But I will say this, and I know you're going to give me guff about that. Yes. Go ahead. Because there was, you were like, hey, let's play this social deduction. I'm like, I'm just not in the mood for that right now. Honestly, I honest don't really like a four-player social deduction game anyways because it just doesn't. It doesn't sing. Social deduction needs to be a higher player count. Like Deception, I really enjoy that. Or Mafia, at times, can be good. But I'm glad I put up a fight with this. Because then we played Pappy Winchester, which auction games I'm not a fan of either. But I'm like, all right, you know what? I didn't want to do the social deduction. Let's bust out the auction game. And I and really, really enjoy that auction game. So... Go ahead, give me my guff about the social deduction game, but you got to admit, you got to play Pappy Winchester, which was probably the better game. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, well, obviously we haven't played the, the other one. I don't know so about the other one. I... The game we're talking about specifically, uh, or, or Daniel's referencing, is uh, Game of Thrones Oathbreaker. And yes, it's technically a social deduction game, but really, I would say it's more hidden role from what it seems. because. Also, I, I had to make mention about the fact that Another reason why I was hesitant about it, my wife hates social deduction. She okay. hates it with a passion. And that's fine. And she was there. She yeah. joined us. And, and and my goal is not to intrude on it. But And then I, you even said I social deduction and it. you saw I her face. I did say social deduction and, and that was my fault. I should have just said it. Well, and see, here's the thing. Like In social deduction, it's kind of up to everybody to figure out who everybody is other yeah. than the ones on your team. The only people who need to know or who's trying to deduce who the players are is the king. That's it. So the king has to guess at the end based on the outcomes of what's happening, um, what decrees that they've played. And that would have been perfect for our mutual friend Jim. You know, yeah. I'm sure he would love that role. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and we would just be simply trying to play bad cards if we're the bad player or, or cards that are detrimental to the tasks or are beneficial if we're on the good side. Um, and it's, it's more of like a... Uh, Shadows over Camelot is probably going to be the example I make because that's probably the closest example but I don't I don't know that that's an apt comparison but it's probably not much more different honestly and I thought that you were going to be way more into it because of the fact that it's a Game of Thrones theme and we both mutually love Game of Thrones so Here, here's my thing that was my, that was my thought on it I, I, I do like Game of Thrones don't get me wrong I even have the Game of Thrones board game somewhere yeah it's right there yes. I only played that twice, and I haven't picked it up since, because it's so freaking long. Right. Well, this game is only supposed to be, like, 45 minutes, right? Yeah, I just... I, my wife doesn't like social deduction. Which is fair. And so it, after last you, time, you made her play, you made her cry, so... That was on purpose. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a monster. No, that was... Well, we were purposely if the shoe playing fits. A, bad, a bad game, and that was to film the comedic aspect of it. So, my question for you... Is now after reflecting on this, be more, be more uh, open, or less more open-minded or less judgmental. If given a larger group, 
I may you try it. I may try it. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna. Social deduction games still. But it's it's well, it's yeah, really the I, only ones that I termed it the wrong way. I do think it's less of a social deduction game and more of just a simply hidden you know, roll. Yeah, it's more of like a team hidden roll game. Well, really freaking One Night Ultimate Werewolf is a hidden role game, and people are going to try to figure out who the werewolves are. Yeah, but it, it's not really teamwork. It's just kind of like, like in a hidden role, I consider it's like you all have your own objectives, which you do. You absolutely have your own objectives that not only does your team have to win, you have to meet your own objective, too, by getting certain kinds of goods and whatnot. And yeah. so, and some of them are a little more obvious, like... Like, if you have a hidden role, it's like, oh, I just need to get a whole bunch of in- or gold, you know, that that looks a little shady, you know, and it adds that little... That little yeah, no, that I, I, like I get it. Really I hard. may try it. I'll Again, I'm still trying to be less judgmental, but yeah. I played some games that I wouldn't have, like, um, something like The Loop, even though I, it was right. on my anticipated, it's so different, and sometimes different has I'm very hesitant with. Right. But I've really enjoyed it. Uh, there's uh, some other games. Let me. Uh, I can't find my phone again. But there's like a couple games that you've busted out. I'm like, all right, let's try them. Yeah. Even though, uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, pleasantly surprised and enjoyed them. So I'm not saying that I completely filled it. There oh, are yeah. sometimes like if you say so, <laughs> yeah, just like I just can't do it. Yeah, I get it, and that's fine. It just so happens to be one of our most, most recent, recent games. <laughs> yeah. And then upon reflecting on this list, I'm like, yeah, yeah, here it comes. I, it was like when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, this is gonna come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, but no, that that was mine. Is uh, was no, that was mine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so number four, all right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yes. it's going back to me. So my number four was buying less games, and I say on my list here, yeah, yeah, but not really. I did do pretty well at the beginning of the year, and then I got a job, and my wife's like, "The first check of that you get, you can buy whatever you want with it." to the point where i have a whole second shelf of shame now everything had to move down because my shelf of shame has gone all the way up to my roof and then onto the second shelf and it looks like i'm gonna have to start moving down again (laughs) but uh i don't think i've bought as much as i've done in the year before but it's pretty close because a lot of those that you see over there are Kickstarters that I backed in 2019, 2020. So like role player adventures, cartographers, that big giant corner over there is all Sukiyumi full moon down. Yeah. And all of those were bought beforehand. Now, mind you, I have bought a lot of games and I'm not going to lie. I have. Well, it was specifically buying less games at. Others have owned, and that's another one that I also said. I, 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 that's why I said yes and no. I have felt, and I made a caveat the fact that if it's something I think my wife will like, then yeah, I won't buy it. But I think our mutual friend Dom has Cloud Age. I bought that one recently. Mm -hmm. Um, The Coded Chronicles. Uh, yeah. Uh, Cloud City. Now I had to pick up that. It's a Phil Walker Hardy. I collect Phil Walker Hardys. In two. It was a game nerd's deal of the day. I got for like twenty bucks. So. Yeah, it was a good deal. So yeah, there there is some up there. Uh, like Atlantis Rising, I picked up, even though Dom owns it. But I really, really dig that game, and I think my wife would enjoy it because it's a co-op. Yeah. But I've got somewhat better 
But there is still going to be always that caveat because I play with a couple of game groups, you and Dom and Bryce, and then I have my our friends with my wife, and we play our own set of games. And so it's just like, okay, I think this one would go over there, so maybe I should pick it up. But yeah, no, I I'm going to call it a fail, but not too bad. Okay. Um, my number four, I thought was going to be a very easy task, and it, uh, technically it was. It was clean the game room. And I had a big room, it was kind of messy at the time, and shortly after I filmed that video, I really did a good job, I cleaned it up. Oh, it was clean! And then... And then it collapsed. And then some of the shelves <laughs> fell over, which caused absolute absurdity. So I moved parts of those shelves into my garage, and I decided I'm going to keep my shelf of shame in there, and I cleaned it up a little bit. But then now, since I have fewer shelves in smaller room, or smaller area, and I'm hesitant to buy more shelves... Now more games are piling up on the on the thing. But also, when we moved the game room over, or the podcast over here, yeah, I since moved out the table, so it's a lot emptier, a lot more room to move around. And so, while I succeeded at first, and then failed, like and then succeeded again, again, I am probably more on the, the I need side. to go through and clean it up again. And that I'm hoping to do by the end of the year. And it, that's doesn't mean failed yet. Because I'm going to be doing another trade-in run, and I'm hoping to get a lot of those games off the shelves. It's like, I'm really going to try and force oh, myself to choose let's, which ones I'm... Let's not even start. Yeah, you're going to get rid of a lot of games, but you're also going to come back with a lot of games. Because that's what you do I every time we do. I come back with like only a fourth of what I left with. No, some, one trip, you came back with half of what you sold. Not like your stuff. You just came back. Because you went with eight bags, and you came back with four bags. Yes. <laughs> but that's a four-bag loss. That's... That's that's, a, that's in the right path, you know. I mean, once again, quantity not or quality. Not and then, quantity. and then you probably filled those four bags going to. I have four bags ready to go. No, right but now. I'm saying I you probably uh, on that eight trip you lost that four bags and you probably filled it by going to Savers or Goodwill or Tuesday morning. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and like two yeah. weeks after you sold all those other games. Yeah, which we'll be talking about some of those here in a bit. <laughs> but yeah, so clean the game room. I'd say technically it's on. Even though it's kind of messy now and it's out of control, what we're gonna yeah, do, but not really. <laughs> yeah, but not really. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna take out the carpet from it because I feel like that was one of the reasons the shelves collapsed. Uh, yeah, and I had two plastic shelves as you saw in the previous podcast. Sturdy um, metal. Yeah, sturdy. I'm probably gonna actually stock up on this style. Well, you honestly, honestly can get like because your big thing about it is because you like to put your things on yes. the side. You can get the ones that are the shelves are not this much space. You can yeah. get it because you can set. Where you want those shelves at. Right. There's little caps that you can put it down so you can bring the shelves And you can down. buy more shelves, right? Yeah. So I, you can use the same bar and have multiple shelves on it. Yeah, That's and then you can get the I'm ones that were, they're smaller. It's like, they're, they're half the size of this and half the size back. Yeah. And so you can, that will equal what your shelves are now. Right. That's what I'm. That's and me and the wife have have decided that that's probably going to be our outlet. Once we take out the carpet, yeah. that'll be like spring cleaning kind of thing yeah. because that's going to be a total task. Because in my house, let me tell you why this is a problem uh, that I discovered when we we're taking out the carpet from uh, the entryway to our backyard. Um, that hole used to be a living room, and when they built a wall between the entryway and that room, they put it put the wall on top of the carpet. What? Yeah, my carpet goes underneath the wall. That is crazy. Which is stupid. Oh, yeah, very much so. So, 
I'll I'll show you next time you're over. And and I <laughs> Well, I do have to play with your new puppy, so. Right. I didn't learn that until we were taking out the carpet from that entryway, and that was the most frustrating thing. It's like like you're cutting carpet trying to go farther and farther back. You're like, "How far does this go?" Only to realize that it it's goes a, under the, the wall. Carpet. Yeah. That's just lazy. It that's what I think, but no, but so that carpet yeah, has I, been there longer than the wall. Has. I have to go to your house just to get some pug love. Absolutely, I got a new pug. That's why pug life. Pug life. No, <laughs> I do really enjoy our puppy too. She's amazing. She's almost a year. Can yeah. you believe that? February, she'll be a year. Wow. And so, yeah, corgi mixes are probably the way I'm going to go from now on. Yeah, I don't blame you. I'll have to show you a if video. I had a pug corgi. Oh God, that would be like the shortest, ugliest dog ever. <laughs> it really would. It'd be adorable. All right, so we're moving on to number three. Number three. All right, let's flip that coin. Let's see here. Tails. All right, go for it. Uh, my number three was playing the current games I already own. And you know what? I'm going to call this a mixed bag. I have been doing it more recently. Um, in fact, I played Horrified, the new one, in the old one. I get a lot of my Stonemire like Wingspan is one that we go to a lot. Um, case in point, Gloomhaven has been my number one played game for the last two years. So I, I like I said, I think it's happening. I've been playing a lot more of my Arkham Horror, my Marvel's Champions, the solo games that I can play, and you know just getting those off and playing them again. There's some that I still want to play more of. Uh, another one, hey, Potion Explosion. I just saw it right there. I did play that more recently as well. I think it was around Halloween too. Cool. So, yeah, I'm getting it. It's like I said, it's a mixed bag. I'm still trying to get my 100 games new to me off my, my challenge list, but I'm also playing some of my older games. So it's a, it's a nice little mixed bag. In fact, I was seeing there, I played 211 uh, plays, and it was 113 games that I've played, but I've only played like 80-some new games. I'm still right. 12 shy, so... I'm getting there, especially more recently, because it's just, I don't want to learn the rules right now. <laughs> sure. That makes sense. Cool. And my uh, number three, it was finalized a lot of my works in progress. Um, completely failed. So, oh, yeah, because you're adding more works I, in progress as made, it is. I have completed none of them and added significantly more. No, not significantly more. I've completed a couple, but I've, I've since been working about four or five more prototypes than the number of projects I've completed. So, there's still time in the year. Doubt it. But I might give it a try. So, we'll see. But, yeah, that, that was my final one. Yeah, no. Yeah, my dice game should be... I should be able to pull that off pretty easily. And then maybe this uh, most recent this most recent one. I, I just need to hunker down and do some art, which I think I'll do over the break. It wouldn't hurt. Wow, what, you're doing the art? Uh, uh, open source. Open source, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, finalized a lot of the works I had in progress. I have not succeeded in that. Although the, the prototypes that have been picked up by publishers, those we are finalizing. So yeah. in a way, it's, I'm making progress towards a goal, but it's not definitely not complete. And then the fact is, uh, the ones that are picked up by publishers in the one that you're doing the progress one, those are the more important ones. And so that's right. what you've been working on a lot through this year. Yes. Yeah, that was really been my focus. So, and which I've done a lot of playtesting on them, so we should be good to go. All right, moving on to number two. Number two. Here we go. All right, so this one is an utter failure. I'm not going to lie. I did. I just looked it up, and this was To Limit by Kickstarters. And I just put here, nope. 
<laughs> and that's because in 2020, I had 13 Kickstarters. In 2019, I was roughly like 13 or 15 Kickstarters. Yep. This year alone, I'm at 14 Kickstarters. And it, it kind of caveat with the going with already owned. Yeah, that fell miserably because I'm in the Stefan Feld. I right. picked up uh, X-Men United. So, yeah, it just... It failed. It was a big failure. I have 14 Kickstarters. Mind you, some of them are not all games. Like, I backed the uh, board game calendar from uh, Katia Houston, mm-hmm. uh, where she uses the board game pieces and makes uh, art with it. Yeah. I also backed the Dice Tower. So those are the ones I, I tend... Or that, Dice Tower is one I tend to do every year. And then Katia mm-hmm. was just... I really like that one. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to jump in on this. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. Then the Stefan Feld that one surprisingly is my most expensive one so far. Oh yeah, and then Dice Throne Marvel I had to get on that one, and I got into Honey Buzz with the expansion. So yeah, I didn't do too well. But I blame our mutual friend Dom because he's like, "Hey, this is on Kickstarter. Hey, this is on Kickstarter." Yeah, he does kind of stop doing that. I don't (laughs) want to spend any more money, but I really like these games. So yeah. I yeah, I don't blame you on that one. I I feel like I've limited in my Kickstarter quite a bit actually. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I do feel I also, know I've done maybe two or three on the lockup expansion. Yeah, so. lockup expansion. So there you go. Yeah, uh, haven't done well on my Kickstarters. My number two. I at the beginning of the year I made a ten by ten with my wife, and I was really excited. And I'm gonna have to justify why I com- completely and utterly failed on it because I think there's three markings on the hundred. Because of your wife. No, I'm not going to blame her. No, no. no I'm okay. not going to blame her one bit. Because uh, it was a number of factors, but really a lot of the games I played with my wife, I played with my kids too. And there were a few games that I just simply didn't log on there. Like, I know we've played Carcassonne a few times yeah. since then, because we got the 20th anniversary edition, which is absolutely stunningly gorgeous. It looks really good. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And we've played it, you know? She played it uh, just earlier this month with me. And so there were games that we did definitely play... Um, that I just didn't add on the list because one, I forgot where I put it. We had it on a big, uh, phone board and I put it somewhere and I don't remember where that went. I think I, you could do challenges on the app that we're showing. Correct. But also here's the thing because everything started opening back up. I've since gotten a job. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, the previous job I had at the beginning of the year, where I was pushing like 12, 14 hour days. Like it yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. We so had we, a hard time recording. Yeah, and, and my wife was bogged down because of how much work she was. So both our times didn't do it. And then our kids went back to school right after summer too. Physical school too. Yeah, physical school in person. And we didn't want them to be lazy over the summer. So we signed my son up for football. We signed my daughter up for um, cheerleading, mm-hmm. and uh, they do workouts at like a gym. And my wife has been really great about you know being like focused on working out and stuff. And that just get my job, be, you'll lose weight quick. Right. Well, that would normally <laughs> take. A, that would normally be like the evenings that we'd sit down, and like all right, let's play a game. I'm not tired at all. Yeah. She's exhausted because she just worked out for a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. It, I'm not going to blame her for the. For, <laughs> I was uh, going to say not I'm not. I'm not blaming my wife, but it's her fault because she was tired after working out. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I'll play games if I'm half asleep. I don't care. No, it, I'm not going to blame her one bit. If anything, it's just because of the culmination of everything happening. Yeah. We just. I I had forgotten. And you work six days a week. I yeah I do I do traditionally yeah and like now I, now it's easier for me but then I'm also taking care of everything else and running errands while my wife works so while yep. working out. So, yeah, there's a lot of factors into it. 
And that's why, I mean, I'm probably going to go revisit it when I get home and see how many of them we actually did do. Like, look at the apps in comparison. But, yeah, it's definitely not up there. Oh, yeah. No, um, I'm not going to give you guff about that just to have a little fun with it. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's understandable. It, it's hard. Like I said, I haven't even completed my challenge. Mm-hmm. And I'm only 12 games shy. I could have had that done yeah. in November. It's just. And you'll be 11 before l- the end of the Yeah, day. life happens. Life happens. Yeah, it's a shame. Life happens. <laughs> All right, let's go to our Hold number on. one. All right, number one. You ready for this? All right. Hey, look, I get to start it. You get the last one. All right. It's kind of different from last time. It is. A little bit. <laughs> All right. So my number one was improve the podcast, uh, both visually and quality-wise and stuff like that, and help it grow. I think it's a success. We film yeah. here. We have a nice camera now. We need to get better lighting. Well, that's another thing we have to work on. Maybe do a little more soundproofing in here. But the mics, we're sounding a lot clearer, a lot sharper. The yep. videos are looking a lot nicer when we put up on YouTube. The audio side has been really, really nice. So I think it's a success. One point, one of the only successful ones on here. Um, but we're getting there. The It's still a work in progress. We're still learning as the day goes by how best to do it. Um, it's going to take us a while to recover from this break, but we're doing this for fun. We're not making any money off of it. We're just right. having a good time. We enjoy talking games. If we can't play games, we like to talk about it. So, yeah. but that was my number one, improve the podcast, and I'm calling it a success. Okay. My number one was definitely a fail, depending on how you look on this. But um, let, my goal was to play at least one game a day, and I meant that literally. I wanted to play one game for every single day throughout the whole year. And you'll remember, like, I, I know we talked about it probably around March or so. Yeah. When I was consistent through January, February, and, like, part of March, I had every single day, and then there was just, like, one day I forgot, and I'm like, darn, I failed. Now, if you look at it on that, yes, I did fail, because um, as far as that goes, you know, it's I didn't get to play a game every day because I was working so many hours, I'm using excuses, whatever, but it just, that well. it became such a hassle, and here was the problem with it. My goal was to see is that if I played a game every day, how would how I? much would I would still want a game? Like, would there mm-hmm. be ones I'd be more willing to let go of? Um, would I still be as excited about game nights? Like that. That was the goal to see if it was still like if it was still that ingrained with me. And it became less of seeing if that was the goal and more of seeing like it more of just like a oh I have ten more minutes left in the day. <sighs> okay, um, let's just let's just play a game real quick like on my phone. And more of, like, just... It wasn't a goal. It was more of just a chore. Yeah. And it wasn't... Like, because I could have a great day, you know? Like, it's, yeah. this is a wonderful day, and I just didn't happen to play a game. And then now I have to go out of my way to do that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know? And that was the problem that I ended up seeing it. But I pulled up my stats throughout the last 365 days, which I know includes a little bit of December last year. Mm-hmm. I have played 592 games. You know, you can check yep. on your stats just for 2021, right? Oh, I'll check it later. Um, but 592 games. I have played with 52 different players. That's amazing. And 310 of those were unique. I played 310 different games. So I almost played, uh, at, on the long run... More uh, unique games this more, year. More unique games this year. I didn't play a game every day, but I've definitely played more than a game a day. So it's a fail. But then you have a different reward. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that, that whole task, the whole ultimate goal, you know, whatever, down the down the garbage heap. But now, 
the fact that I definitely played more games yeah. than number of days in the year. So I'll take that as a semi-win, but yeah. And uh, we're going to give a shout-out to Mario Fanatic real quick. Yep. So, so he said... And this is going back to my Kickstarter, my number two. Sorry for being a little slow on this, but uh, he only did one Kickstarter this year himself. Deliverance, there are a couple. I want to back, if possible, next year. Aegis, Second Ignition, and Iconoclash. Clash. Yeah. yeah, so I think there's a couple next year that I do want to back, because I think uh, Garp Hill is doing the, what is it, the East Kingdom? Yeah, yeah. Or no, the, no, uh, uh, Southern, Southern, Southern Kingdom. Southern Kingdom, like yeah. Yeah. The so, new announcement. Yeah. And we also want to give a, a shout out. So uh, Mario Fanatic, uh, I know you run a YouTube channel and you do so you do um, reviews as well. So put a link in our description. We'll give you a shout out real quick. So by all means, do that before we sign off today. Oh, yeah. And then also, that's our gaming goals. Uh, leave. Let us know what your gaming goals resolution, if you've uh, met them or not. Absolutely. But yeah. with that, we're going to sign off here in a little bit. But stay with us because we're going to record another episode if you're live. If you're hearing the audio side, it should be coming up the following week. That's right. So, yeah, we, we definitely want to thank you so much for tuning in uh, today. If you ever want to join us live, like Daniel was saying, you can join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. Scheduled times vary, very, very. When, we, when we film, but sign up. If you subscribe, you can get notifications of when we show up online. And also, you can find all video re-uploads on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do there, there's three things you can do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you are not. Like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most pop, pop, platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And I still can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you ever want to contact us directly, either with comments... Uh, give us ideas for future episodes or just say hello. You can email us directly at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as you can also get in contact with us on our official Twitter account that I am going to try to do better with, and that is at EBG Podcast. And as for Mario Fanatic, he, his link is you can go find him on YouTube at Adam the Fanatic. Yep, so youtube.com slash Adam the Fanatic. Go check his out. He's a great guy. Go watch his videos as well. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Mario Fanatic, for joining us and anybody else who joined us in our live episode or listening in the future. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for tuning in to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming. <laughs>